0: Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time superhost, and I've over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Before we jump into today's episode, who remembers episode 40 with realtor Tyler Kuhn of Savvy Realty in the North Carolina market? We talked about how to find the perfect market for your short-term rental. And we also talked about why it's important to work with realtors who understand the short-term rental industry and are co-hosts and hosts themselves when you're making your STR purchase. This team knows what it takes to turn a simple property purchase into a big investment without wasting time or resources along the way. So if you are just trying to flip a house, rent out your home, or turn a brand new property into a profitable business, Savvy Realty is the team to help you do it. Tyler and the team are going to look at more than just the specs of the home and number of bedrooms and bathrooms, but is this a property that is likely to get booked by guests? How's it going to do? How are reviews going to be? What's the regulation about short-term rentals in the area? Is there an HOA or CCNRs to look out for? Truly, with a purchase this big, you just want to make sure that you have the experts there holding your hand along the way. Follow the link in the show notes to book a call with a Savvy Realty agent today so that you know your next STR purchase is backed by a realtor who is a host themselves and knows what to look for.
1: What's up, everybody? I hope you are... Really excited for this episode. As excited as I am, can you hear it in my voice? Because I'm so pumped. It's going to be a great episode. Welcome back to No Vacancy, the podcast with Natalie Palmer. But today, you may be questioning why is Natalie's voice not Natalie's voice? Well, I'm Will Slickers, and I'm going to be guest hosting today in order for Natalie to actually recover from losing her voice by having the greatest time, not only at Level Up Your Listing, not only at Short Term Rental Wealth Conference in Nashville, and not only her best friend's bachelorette party, but all of the above. She had such a good time that she's lost her voice, and I am coming in to help today. She messaged me saying, Will, can you talk about hospitality experiences applied to short term rental businesses? Given my background, which I'll share with you here in a second, um, I was all in, especially the guest on the famous No Vacancy podcast. I couldn't be more excited. So let me dive in by introducing myself in a brief couple minutes. I'll try not to take long, I promise. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Will Slickers. I am the CEO and founder of Hospitality.fm, which is a podcast network dedicated for The hospitality industry, from hotels to food and beverage, and of course the famous short-term rental industry. We cover podcasts. We have over thirty podcasts within the network, and I'm proud to say, no vacancy is one of them. And basically, I got my start as a hotel front desk agent, and I started with a Marriott Autograph Collection. Which, if you don't know anything about, like the brands and the soft brands. An autograph collection hotel under Marriott is a Marriott property brand, but individually owned and operated. So they're actually not like a franchise, but they carry the standards and the flag of Marriott without actually buying into the franchise, which is a whole other world, but... It was an awesome first experience. It was over 717 rooms, and we had over 60,000 square feet of event space with valet and room service and multiple bars and restaurants. You name it, we had it. And it was such a great experience that I always say hospitality has saved my life. And before I got into the hotel and hospitality world, I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do with my life. I was very lost and confused. And if you didn't know, and if you haven't read Natalie's chapter, the Hospitable Hosts book, volume two, is out. And her and I are both co authors of that book or this volume. And I share my story on how hospitality saved my life. And it all got started at this property. It was an amazing property based out in Spokane, Washington. I, I'm not from Spokane, but I'm actually just a little bit north of Seattle in a small town called Camano Island or Stanwood, Washington. So if you've heard of that city or island, big shout out to my PNW folks out there. But I got started there. I got thrown to the walls. I was a front desk agent. I had over 600 check-ins on my second day on the job and had to basically basically learn baptism by fire, basically, is the, the term that I always say. I was thrown to the walls, baptism by fire, and it was honestly the worst but best experience ever. I fell in love. I stayed at that hotel for about two years, and with it being such a big property, I had a very hard time getting into management and other leadership positions. I was promoted to supervisor before I left, but to get into the back of house Uh, management stuff. It was just hard because everyone that was a manager currently from the GM down to front office, revenue, food and beverage, valet, you name it. They were all very much comfortable being the managers of that hotel from the moment they opened. Me being kind of ambitious and a little entrepreneurial, I was excited to learn more. And I kept getting memories of when I was a child and would go on family vacations in Seaside, Oregon or Cannon Beach, Oregon and figured, you know what, if I had a lot of good memories there, I think I would like to make and help create good memories for other vacationers that go to that destination. So I packed my bags as a single 20-something-year-old male would, and I went out to the Oregon coast, and I got a job at an independent brand that did promise me a lot of opportunities and growth, but to make this a long story short, after being Uh, shuffled around in multiple positions and the front desk in front of house, uh, area. I actually became a restaurant manager of the restaurant attached to the hotel. It was a fine dining restaurant right on the beach. It was amazing. I had a perfect view of Haystack Rock. It was awesome. I actually love going back to that restaurant anytime I can. And, Again, one of those things where a lot of promises were, were given and I wasn't able to meet that promise based off of their expectation in the sense of um, I wanted to go fast and I wanted to learn, but really they just wanted me to kind of fill in the, the position, which again, no harm, no foul. But for me, I wanted to go all in and I wasn't able to get that opportunity. And so I went to this other hotel and again, trying to make this a long story short, And during this time, I started my podcast. So I learned a little bit of like, okay, how do I form a podcast? How do I make a show? What do I want to talk about? Who do I want to interview? That type of stuff. And slowly, as I was going into this new job, uh, became uh, very much a a thing in my life that uh, was quickly getting traction, to say the least. And I got this hotel supervisor job just a couple um, days later, basically, after a couple months of not Uh, having the most enjoyable time as a restaurant manager. And I got hired as a supervisor. Within six months, I was the front office manager or AGM assistant general manager and eventually GM before I quit my day job as that management position in 2019. So what did I learn from that? And I got exposed to short-term rentals actually similar to Natalie. I had Natalie on my podcast and I got to hear her story and we actually really connected on the fact that our parents add a second investment property, a vacation home, or for my parents' sake, it was a two-bed, two-bath apartment above their garage. And they never used a garage for cars. It was just kind of storage, basically. So the garage doors never opened, and it was a very unused space, basically. And they said, Will, we are having a hard time with our long-term tenants. And we heard about this thing called Airbnb, and in our eyes, it's like a hotel, right? You have experience in this space, would you help us? And I said, yes. The moment I got exposed to this industry, I got so excited because I saw the potential of all the problems I was facing as a hotel manager from key cards not working to people lining up at the front desk, all the above, all the annoying things that you experience at a hotel. I was like, wow, we can really solve this problem with short-term rentals. Now, I had no prior experience outside of my hotel world. So I immediately came in to my parents and said, hey, look, we need to immediately standardize this apartment. You need to have it fully furnished. You have to have great beds and linens and amenities and coffee pots and all the, the bells and whistles of a good stay or a good experience from my perspective from the hotel world. And I realized, I was like, well, there's no front desk. So how do we get around check-in? My parents, you know, they work full-time and they have other, you know, duties and responsibilities outside of work and taking care of the family. So it's like there's there's no way they're gonna check in people every day or whenever the bookings come in. So I found out you can get smart locks and you can create an easy, beautiful digital guidebook and make it super streamlined. And that's what we did. And I again fell in love with the industry and the creativity and the entrepreneurship. And so December 27th of 2019, I quit my day job as a hotel manager and I went all in on my podcast and was making enough revenue that I definitely outweighed my salary. And then I started my own luxury vacation rental management company with some partners. Now, again, coming from the hotel world, immediately wanting to standardize and use technology to our advantage because... Let's be honest, the hotel technology was kind of lacking. It was very far behind to the current age of travelers, to the industry as a whole. So I was coming in from this tech and operations slash standardization perspective. Well, that partnership didn't work out. But again, to not go down multiple stories, I then relaunch a new management company called Recreation Rentals, where I'm the co-founder and my business partner, Adam Knight. He is the CEO. He runs the day-to-day. He is the one that has carried our business today. And he basically, he and I both have this hotel background. He's got 25 years working for St. Regis and other amazing brands in the hotel world. And he and I wanted to bring these hotel standards to the vacation rental world. And so in this episode... Now that I've kind of given you an intro of my story and the background. To give you a high-level view, we're going to talk about the hospitality lessons to apply to your short-term rental business that are going to make an impact on your bottom line of profit and your guest review scores. So really important, and this is actually going to help your team a lot. If you have a remote team or even a local team that does your turnovers, maintenance, guest communication, co-host, any type of position like that, hopefully you can take a nugget or two from this and apply it to your business. So we're going to jump in. Hospitality lessons I've learned along the way to apply to your short-term rental business. Let's go. All right, number one, and this is not going to be hard to guess. I'm sure you can guess what it is, but guest experience is top priority. So why do I say guest experience is top priority? It's because you can make a destination out of the home you own, manage, or arbitrage without having to be in a destination itself. Now you're probably like, what the heck? What does that mean? So what I mean, and this is a a term or a a phrase or a word I kind of coined in 2020, a destination error. So what is a destination error? And it's kind of a mouthful. Think millionaire, destination error, destination air add that to it. And that's the word. And this concept is taking a property. It could be unique. It could be cookie cutter, you know, three bedroom, four bedroom, whatever. doesn't need to be this crazy property. You can take any ordinary property as long as it's got good bones. And of course, maybe a good local market of activities, restaurants, stuff like that. Let's uh, use our example. We have a, a property in West Seattle Nothing special about this property. The owners put a little bit of money into it. They did some renovations. They made a modern kitchen, uh, a good workspace, and that's about it. The nice nice features, good bathrooms, good good bedding, all that stuff. Normal home, but we are able to then make it a destination giving the guest everything they need. So that way when they leave the property, they technically don't need anything. They can stay in the home for their whole vacation and never ever have to leave and still have a great experience. So there's things that you could do from not only like the automation of your messaging and communications and creating a standard there, and we'll dive into more of this in the episode, but creating simple stuff like a digital guidebook and automated messaging and formats for your properties, whether you have one or a hundred, you could do this over and over again. That immediately sets a great tone. First impressions are key, and guests don't have a first impression with your property upon arrival. They have a first impression with your property upon booking on whatever site they book. Airbnb, Verbo, Expedia, Booking.com, your site directly if you have one. All of those are a first impression point of contact. Really important to remember. So building out a destination, and this is where it gets super fun. I love starting with one property and looking at what is five blocks around me. This is where hotels fail. And I'll also get into a point in this episode where it's not hotels versus short-term rentals. I'm not bringing that argument or that topic to the table today. That's not an argument I believe in. I believe there is no versus. There is certain scenarios where a hotel is better, and there are certain scenarios where a vacation rental is better. And it's all on preference. So with that being said, you know, the first five blocks around you, I remember from my hotel days that we would always focus on the big picture, which is great. You have a Starbucks in the lobby, you have this, you had that. You know, everyone can get Starbucks. Anyone can stay in any city and get a Starbucks coffee. Now, if you're in a town or a destination that has a local coffee roaster or other local coffee shops and coffee stands that you really like, You can use Dutch Bros, for example. Back in the day before they were a public traded company, I would have loved to partner with Dutch Bros and have Dutch Bros in my home. Now, for us, I'll use an example. Uh, Again, going to that West Seattle kind of example that we have in our portfolio. There's a coffee roaster on the island that I grew up in, Kameno Island. And I love talking about this because growing up on a small island, there's really not a lot to do you really end up getting into a lot more trouble than you do anything else. And that was just my experience. Maybe anyone listening, if you know the area, um, you you probably can't imagine what it was like back then. But now they have an amazing Kameno Island Coffee, which is a, a roastery right there on the island. There's a whole hub of businesses with a co-working space. And there's just a lot more happening now. And so with our property in West Seattle, we put Camino Island Coffee in our homes as a partnership. And we kind of use that as a creative way to tell a story. Recreation Rentals is all about experiential hospitality, creating destinations out of nothing. So using this concept, partnering with local businesses around you within the first five blocks. And this is why I'm saying hotels sometimes fail at this because they go immediately with Starbucks. Anyone can get Starbucks, but can they get a Camino Island coffee at your property? Can they get a local suggestion that is unique to you that will stand out above the rest? That's the question at hand. So creating a destination and then also going to restaurants, breweries, other tourist activities. I know for us, there's actually these really cool in in Seattle and the, I forget what lake it's called, but there's a, a bay or a lake. that's not really the ocean there's a, a bay there and there's this hot tub boat company. So they have these little boats. I think they go up to maybe 10 miles an hour at most. I actually think they probably maybe go five miles an hour. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've been there, but we partnered with them. They're hot tub boats and they work great in the spring, winter, and summer and it's a good experience. You, you you, and your friends, if you're a guest at our property, can book a hot tub boat. You can go there, bring your bathing suit, bring some snacks, a speaker, some wine, maybe some beer, and you can then rent this boat and go around the lake. And you can have a great Instagrammable moment basically with your, with your family or your friends. So this is what I'm talking about. Hopefully these are enough examples for you to kind of Maybe spark some ideas on the properties that you're working with. If you're with one property that you own, or if you're managing or co hosting arbitrage, whatever it might be, look around your destination. What places do you like to go? What grocery stores? It may not sound the most sexiest uh, talking about grocery stores, but if you have a favorite grocery store that maybe isn't the typical Walgreens or whatever, Having that in your back pocket and having a good recommendation of that type of stuff if your guests need extra items that they maybe forgot or got lost in a bag uh, on the airplane, whatever it might be, this is really important to have in your back pocket. Create a destination, make it unique so that way when they do check in, they need nothing. They need nothing from you. They need nothing from the property to have a good experience. That's point number one. Point number two, be a business and be a brand. This kind of ties into the first point, but you know, you'll hear a lot of influencers or a lot of creators, a lot of thought leaders in our space talk about even if this is a side hustle for you. Now I'm, I'm actually going to call you out. If you are listening right now and this is a side hustle, one, don't be ashamed of I only have one property or I guess I am a co-host or a manager, be confident, be okay that one property is all you need. That's all we ask. Don't belittle yourself. Be confident, but come into this as a business. Even if it's a side hustle, you have a nine to five. Great. You have a business on the side and you need to be setting yourself up for success. If you want to make this full time. And I think if you're going to get into this industry, this is just my opinion. Now, Natalie may have a different one. And if she does, she can Easily chop this part out of the episode, and you know say otherwise. But I, th- I say if you're going to get into this business as a side hustle, you should have the goal of going full time. I think this is a very hard business to do half assed or even just as a side gig where um, you don't put a lot of time or effort into it. Now, if this is a side hustle and you're not half assing it, and this is something you really want to make full time, then great. You know, treat this as a business and build a brand. And I'm not saying build a book direct website. And as much as I believe that's important in the future, I don't think it's necessary right now. You need to figure out your technology, your brand. What is your voice going to be? How are you going to represent yourself? Um, This is something that we use personally from my hotel experience. I, coming from the autograph collection of Marriott, I was trained to never say sure or okay or yeah. It was always my pleasure Thank you, of course, Mr., Mrs., Ms., whatever the you know phrase was. And like those simple words and that way you phrase things actually carries a lot of weight when you communicate with your guests. So treat this as a business. Treat this as a brand. What is this going to do? This is going to help you handle hard guests or bad guests or even complaints from guests that have bad experiences due to we are humans and we do make mistakes. So it's going to happen. Get ready for it, because it will. And this is going to help you decide your tech stack as you do grow, because you will need technology to help you streamline this and make this a business that you don't have to spend 24-7 doing, but actually able to put systems in place and give yourself financial and time freedom, which is really important. And then, of course, you know how is this going to help you scale? Now, a lot of you, if you are doing this as a side hustle, you may not want to get to 150 properties, and that's great. Please know that right out the gate. If you don't want to go to 150 or 200 or 1,000 or whatever, awesome. That's great. No one is going to force you to go big. If five properties for you is scaling, then that's great. Own that. Make that your goal and make that a business that is sustainable. So build that brand. This is all going to help you. Now, my point number three, and I've kind of mentioned a few things earlier, but point number three is standardization. Now, again, I said, this is not a hotels versus short-term rental conversation. This is a preference conversation in the sense of your guests are picking your property in preference of their trip. Maybe they have family, maybe they're friends have friends, or maybe they just need the space to cook versus getting takeout food all the time or having a small mini fridge. Like there are use cases for everything, but Going into standardization, the one amazing thing that I took away from my hotel experience and was immediately able to apply to my parents' two-bedroom, two-bath apartment was standards. Immediate, the sheets, the linens, the design, the way we communicated, the amenities given to every guest. So the coffee was stocked. We actually had, this was back in the day, I think 2019, like I said, uh, before You know, it was probably not the best idea to put flour and sugar and salt and all this other stuff in there because people will replace it with bad things. But when we said fully stocked kitchen, we were a fully stocked kitchen. It wasn't four cups and four plates and four knives and forks and all that stuff. It was enough for multiple people to be there, if they had guests over, if they had friends, etc. So making sure that you go above and beyond in those standards. Create a standard. If I'm going to stay with you at property A, and then I stay with you at property B or C, let's say you get to three properties, then I should feel like I'm staying with you consistently. So I want to feel comfort of knowing, all right, your first property had great linen, your second and your third property, if I stay with you at those properties, they should have great linens. They should have a great experience through and through. Create consistency. Consistency is going to give not only you, your guests, but your owners, if you're managing, peace of mind. And what peace of mind does is to help you not be a hectic host. And this phrase, hectic host, uh, can be used loosely or in many other ways, but at the end of the day, when you create standards and consistency, you're going to save yourself so much time when it comes to operations and when it comes to growing and managing your your business day to day. You won't have different linens for different properties for all these different housekeepers to then figure out how to match the right linen with the right property and the right bed and this and that. Like just create, you know, headache-free systems and standards for yourself right out the gate. Save that time now versus later. I promise you won't regret that. It was the best decision I ever made when starting our management company, Recreation Rentals. So go ahead and make sure you create standards. And it doesn't have to be crazy. This is something you can build out over time. We're always kind of reevaluating our standards. In the beginning, we used to make all of our owners that we were co-hosting or managing for buy this set of linens and amenities and shampoos and conditioners and all this other stuff and then we got a lot of pushback because they don't want to spend the three grand it takes to get their property up to our standard. Well, we were like, fine, let's just do it ourselves because we can control the experience. We can control the reviews and making sure we get our commission because we actually have, this might be an interesting topic for the future. We actually have a, a clause in our, our management agreement that is if we don't get a five-star review, we don't take commission on that booking. Now, there are some terms and conditions with that. That means, you know, if let's say we tell the owner about a maintenance issue or something like that that comes up and they don't fix it uh, because it is an owner related issue rather than something that we could fix, then we still get our commission, even if there's a bad review because that was out of our control. If there's a nature of God or, uh, yeah, I think that's what it's called a nature of God type. Incident where, like, let's say there's a hurricane, a blizzard, maybe some random act of lightning that pops out of nowhere, whatever it might be, then that's also out of our control and we still make our commission. So there's terms and conditions. Make sure um, I'm happy to talk about it or share with you kind of what we set up. But basically, saying if the housekeeping's wrong, and our housekeepers messed up or we didn't communicate and our tech was broken and the guests never got their instructions and they had a horrible check-in experience and leave us a, a four-star review, we don't get our commission. So that's that's our rule. So that helps uh, us create standards. That's help, that helps create and control the experience, which I find to be a lot better than to kind of put that on the shoulders of the owner because we only do co-hosting and management. We don't actually do arbitrage and we don't have... Uh, portfolio of owned properties yet, but basically um, going into creating and controlling the experience. Now, my fourth point to kind of wrap up this episode is not going to be one that maybe a lot of you would think right at the gate as I'm talking about technology and standardization and all this other stuff, but it's really to have empathy. Empathy is key. We are in the broader industry of hospitality. You may not see it that way. You may think, well, I just want to be a real estate investor and make my cash on cash return. Great. There's a side of that in the hotel world where there are hotel investors and owners that don't do operations, that don't do the day-to-day stuff. They just look for a P&L, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, we're all a part of the broader industry of hospitality. So leading with empathy and having the emotional intelligence to, one, use your gut, You know, that's, that's one thing. Always trust your gut when it comes to maybe sketchy or bad situations, but to also have empathy with your guests, have empathy with your owners, have empathy with your team and ensure that when it comes to relationships, I think this is the biggest thing I have taken away from my whole hospitality experience is I still have relationships with some of my guests, my repeat guests at my first hotel. That was in 2016. Actually, maybe 2015. I can't remember fully. I think it was like a right before the election and the new year. So 2015, I still talk to guests. I have Mr. Rhodes, Mr. and Mrs. Chardines, Mrs. Malone, uh, Mr. Wall. All my business repeat guests that would continually come back, and I can ensure that they had a good guest experience. I still talk to them. We still check in with each other. We still have that relationship. I still know the Clune family that when I was a hotel manager, I I was able to surprise their daughter with not only a Christmas present, but a birthday present because it was right around that time where Christmas was pretty much right around the corner. So, you know, and still relating with the the guests that I've had. So having empathy and understanding of situations, taking ownership, super important. So if things go wrong, don't immediately be an Airbnb hole and start you know, complaining and writing on things on Facebook, but lead with empathy, respond appropriately and take care of them, whether it's a mistake on your side or a mistake on theirs, just make it right. You're in the business of people. And if you're an investor and you're like, I don't want to do that, then great. Get a management company or a co-host or someone to come in and to do that for you because it's super important for the longevity of our industry, for the longevity of your profitability as a business owner, and for the longevity of your relationships in and around the property from teams to vendors and suppliers, all the above. So these are my points on how to apply hospitality lessons to your short-term rental business. I hope you guys find some value in this. Uh, If not, then it was still an honor and a pleasure for me to become a guest host on Natalie's podcast. And I just love everything she's doing. So if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, continue to support her, continue to comment and engage with her content because I know she puts a lot of time and effort, and if her voice wasn't completely shot right now, she would 100% be here giving you guys the great value and great content that she puts out on a weekly basis and a daily basis with her Instagram and on the bigger scale of Level Up with Tatiana. So I'm just very honored to do this, and thank you for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe to all things No Vacancy, and now let's get ready for the Airbnb Hole of the Week segment. All right, no vacancy fans. So if you are a longtime listener, this is my favorite segment of Natalie's podcast. I personally tune in to her show just to hear the Airbnb hole of the week. Okay, just kidding. Not just to hear it, but it's one of my favorites. And I think it's so creative and fun. So Natalie sent me over some Airbnb holes that she was seeing on Facebook and some Facebook groups. And I don't know how in depth she really goes for sharing some of the the details behind the person sharing this, but I won't say names. So that way I'm kind of protecting them if any of you decide to go maybe like troll their post or something, which I very much doubt. But I love this segment and I'm excited to jump in. So Airbnb hole of the week. This post was posted in the host of Airbnb automated and I think it's super funny Um, Not because of the comment, but because of the mindset or thinking behind the comment, if that makes sense. So I'm going to share right here, right now. Let's go. The post says, I think I've earned an elevated super host status today. An elevated super host status. Very special. Just got a call that guest had a baby in the Airbnb. All is well, and my mattress protector did its job. So my thing is, man, if you actually think you deserved an elevated super host status. And if you're the person that posted and you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. But unless you delivered that baby yourself for you know whatever reason, being on site and the guest called you because I had nobody else to call and you had to actually deliver this child, great, I would give you a golden sticker, a big round of applause, a day off, and uh, maybe a cold beer or a glass of wine at the end of the day. You earned it. But an elevated... Super host status You know, yeah, you provided a house That the guest Booked for a specific Reason, whether it was a baby moon or A last minute trip before the baby came You you did your normal job You didn't deliver the baby So, you didn't deliver the baby You don't get elevated Super host status, I'm sorry It's not how it works Call Airbnb, take it up with them Let them know that you didn't do anything special or extra That you just Provided a house for a guest to have a baby in. Good job. But good job on the mattress protector. I will say that. That's super important. Mattress protectors, pillow protectors, key. Key thing. Standardization. Going back to our earlier point. And that is our Airbnb hole of the week. I hope you guys enjoy. It was super funny. If you can find that post and you know the group that I'm talking about, the Airbnb Automated group um go check out that post comments they're super funny and i hope you enjoy thanks again everyone for tuning in to the no vacancy podcast with Nally palmer i'm your guest host will slickers and i hope to come back and visit you again one day in the future but if not continue to listen to this podcast and have a great week
0: and with that it is now checkout time thanks for listening and i'll see you back here next week Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review, so you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!